On today's podcast of Most People Don't But You Do, I have the pleasure to talk with James Eggman. He is a beyond customer-focused sales individual. He not only knows everyone, but he's respected by everyone. So a couple of topics that we discussed while aligning with others that have common values is critically important. The importance of showing commitment to your customers and the brand that you represent. It's fun that James actually became known as the yearbook writer by going above and beyond to take the time to write comments about following up and communicating why writing more than happy birthday in a card will make others feel special, how he used COVID to get more of his should do's done. And finally, we talked about a fun way to hold yourself accountable when you change air filters in your home or apartment. Here we go. Enjoy. All right. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Most People Don't, But You Do, podcast really designed to talk to people that are sharing stories about going above and beyond and make exceptional differences in the world, not only for themselves, but for other people. Today, I have the pleasure of being able to talk to James Eggman. James has been a friend for several years now. We spent a lot of time together in the hospitality world. And he is just, I think, a very remarkable individual. He has very unique stories to share, a very fun background. So I'm really excited to be able to talk to James. So James, first of all, thank you for being my guest on this podcast and welcome to the call. Oh, well, thank you, Bart. It's my pleasure to be with you. Uh, We have been friends for a long time and it's uh, great to see the success you're enjoying with most people don't. And uh, just being part of this with you is a thrill and be part of your podcast. I'm just uh, grateful for the opportunity. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. And James and I met when I was leading part of a global sales team for Ritz-Carlton, and we had some need for some temporary assistance. One of our our sale, our main full-time sales person actually was going to be going out on leave for a while. And uh, James came highly regarded through several different salespeople. And um, we said, okay, you know what, James, you are definitely the right person. As soon as you applied for the role, I started getting phone calls from so many different people saying, James is amazing. I've known James for 37 years, 38 years in the industry. You need to select him. And then the crazy Mm -hmm. thing, James, and I think I shared this story with you before, is um, one of our first customer events, I started trying to introduce you to people. And it was almost embarrassing. It became embarrassing for me because everyone that I was trying to introduce you to, they were like, oh, yeah, I've known James a long time. I've known James. <laughs> oh, I love working with James. So um, you have certainly a great reputation, not only within the sales community, but within the hospitality sales community and thrilled that you have been able to adjust and pivot and move on to other things. But my first question for you, James, is what do you think has made you so successful as a salesperson for the last 38 years? Well, you know, Bart, thanks for all of that uh, going about the working together and the recommendations and all that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a small industry that we have and, you know, you never know when your paths will recross with people. But my success, I guess, is is part of what you just said. It's longevity. It's it's being identified as an individual with a brand that that uh, people can trust and and have uh, faith in that uh, you know things can get done and I've always been responsive to my customers and, and everything that they want 
And I've always just had a passion for what I do. Um, any job that I've had, I've obviously this one for a very long time, but I've always given, you know, 110% into that position. A uh, couple of jobs, the only couple of jobs I have even before this, I always took the, the role of, of I'm going to be in this job forever. And, it's, you know, I just was dedicated to it. And then, you know, the job after that one was like, I'm going to be in this job, you know, forever, meaning that I just strongly believed in the culture of the company that I worked for and want to do everything I can to stay on alignment with that. So I think my success has been aligning myself with with a, a, a brand and an industry that that I just passionately love and uh, continue to love and will love in the future when the travel comes back. Yeah, and just as you said about I'll be in this job forever, my sense is that your customers, because I know this for a fact, your customers have followed you. They followed you from mm-hmm. one role to another role to another role to another role, probably because they saw your commitment that you weren't in anything for the short run. You were in it for forever. So even though your title had changed and perhaps your role had changed, or you're right, your position had changed, you were in it for the long haul. So the, the second thing that I really wanted to ask you is, okay, so um, thinking about your success, what has driven you? What makes you want to be so committed? Is that something came from your childhood? Was it instilled from family? What can you share? Uh, a little bit in the childhood. I mean, we moved around a lot. So, you know, whenever you, you move around a lot, you can choose either to kind of like stay aloof and not be fully engaged in where you are. Cause my dad was in the uh, civilian uh, department of defense service. And so we moved around from different places every couple of years. So sometimes it's hard to kind of like really think to yourself that you're going to put down some roots and stay for very long, or you can choose to just jump in with both feet and ride it out and see how it goes and stay committed to, you know, the friendships and the things that you have. So you can um, kind of treat it as like some normalcy, which is what I did. So, you know, my, my titles and the jobs have changed, but at the end of the day, I love what I do and, you know, call me whatever you want to call, but, uh, you know, my, my, uh, my drive has been, you know, when the clients that I've had have fully engaged amazing meetings and events and, you know, and they're happy and the clients are happy and uh, it just makes me happy. And so my, my energy fuels off of the success of what others uh, can achieve through me just being a small part of it. So, you know, that's been my drive. No, very fun. And what, what, tactics or what ways or what methods do you use in order to be able to stay in touch with these customers? Again, many have followed you and have supported you over 30 years. What is your approach of staying in touch with people? How do you do it? And what what advice would you give to others listening with regard to how do you maintain those relationships through the years? Well, you know, LinkedIn obviously is a huge part of just staying in touch with people, right? And doing more than what um, you had taught me once about when you're looking at LinkedIn, do more than just give the little like. Um, Actually try to make a comment. People then notice that you are there because even think about even Facebook, you see everybody's likes, 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 and sometimes you miss that somebody did it. Um, But when somebody takes a moment to write a comment, then I, I, I just feel that there's a little bit more engagement. So 
my clients and friends and, and people that I've worked with are a bunch are still, we are on LinkedIn. So if somebody gets a promotion or they move on or they make a post or they say something, I'll comment. So they still, you know, in front of mine. And also in the Facebook groups that I belong to that still have some uh, client friends, you know, to make some constructive comments, I'll say, on posts that, that just kind of still create the fact that it's good to hear from you. Even now, as I reach out to some of the uh, director of sales marketing for the for the uh, uh, Ritz Carlton, it's like, it's so great to hear from you and stay in touch. So uh, that's what I just try to do, you know, maintain front of line. But those are two big areas where I think uh, our opportunities to just, you know, add, add a couple of comments here and there. And I was just thinking this, and it's something I really appreciate about you, James, that no matter what I post, and hopefully you like what I post, but you do, you take the time to type a comment of adding suggestions. And we know the title of this podcast and of my company, as most people don't, you are certainly a person that does with regard to taking the time for comments and think about how easy LinkedIn makes it for you. So even today I was going to LinkedIn and it said, you know, send congratulations to this person for a promotion. And all you have to do is click a button and it even pre-populates congratulations. Or it's, you know, John Smith's birthday today. Click a button and say happy birthday. What I think is unique and special about you is that you are not taking the easy way out. You're not just clicking a button. You're not just liking it. You're putting meaningful messages in there and engaging with your customers. And I think that that shows the authenticity of you because it is not just an easy way. And, and I shared this story with someone else the other day. I said, um, uh, there's, there was another professional on LinkedIn and every single recommendation that she wrote for another person was X, Y, Z, you know, Roberta is the smartest person I know. John is the smartest person I know. Frederica is the smartest person I know. And it became almost like that she was recommending people or endorsing people on LinkedIn and it almost appeared to be cut and paste. And no one would ever know that unless you looked at all the other recommendations that she had, they almost said the exact same thing. So how could you know 18 different people that she recommended be the smartest person she knows? Um, so again, what I appreciate you about you, James, is that you take the time to um, not just like, but you are liking, you are commenting real, authentic words, of, of empathy, of support, of endorsements, and then you continue to share. Now, that and, and I want to, and I want to add to that for a moment. Like, think about this: um, when birthday cards are circled through the office, you know, and everybody gets sometimes it's a stack of them that come to you, right? And uh, you know, you got to sign and say, and everybody says the same thing: "Happy birthday, happy birthday." Uh, my kind of signature move, if you will, is whenever I would get the birthday card. I would sign um, at a yearbook thing. So I'd say, we had so much fun, Mrs. White's algebra class. I wouldn't have been able to make it without you. Happy birthday. So I turned it into a yearbook kind of thing. So somebody knows I actually took the time to really appreciate that it's your birthday because I have to, you know, I fleshed out this, this personalized little yearbook greeting. And if I do one where it comes by and I just say happy birthday, that person will come to me and go like, Where's the yearbook greeting? I'm like, oh, <laughs> so it's become a, a thing that I get kind of noted for. So um, even on the Facebook, when the birthday comes along uh, for me, I get some of my friends will and colleagues will do a, you know, happy birthday, James. Uh, I'm going to miss you in band this year. 
So uh, I think it's what you said, you know, being personalized, being genuine, and it, it takes a little eff- extra effort, but um, it's just it's just something I think is important. And that, that epitomizes the, the next question about how does the most people don't message resonate with you? My guess is that naturally it resonated with you because of who you are and what you do. And if you were to explain and simply answer that question, the philosophy of most people don't and why you should, how else does that resonate with you? Well, it's exactly what you were kind of saying, even about the clicking the button. You know, it's the herd mentality. And I think in certain situations that, uh, you know, doing what most people do and society tells you, you know, you got to enter through here and you got to exit through here. And this is kind of like how it goes. Um, that's fine. But then there's other aspects when you just think of, you know, life in general that people just kind of go through the motions a lot and they don't really, you know, look at it as an opportunity to step outside of the, the herd and, and be an individual. So most people don't just is something I've always even just said and and it always posed that question why why don't people do this why don't people do do this why or why are they all doing that and not this so like the birthday card example why does everybody, everybody just like happy birthday happy birthday, happy birthday but I took it to be you know I want to differentiate myself and put myself to be just slightly you know what most people uh don't do is personalize it to the extent. Now there are people that do put personalizes in birthday cards. I don't want to say that's most, but um, to the point is just trying to kind of step out and kind of be an individual. And I've always kind of been that quirky person, you know, my life is not doing really what most people are doing anyway. Yeah. And why is that? That's, that's the root of what I'd like to learn about the guests on my podcast. Why, why is that? Um, you know, it's a good question. It's almost like, you think like, um, most people, most teenagers work in fast food, right? Or they don't do anything but work in fast food. And I didn't work in fast food. I went work in a, you know, a, a, a putt-putt golf and a, and a magic store. So I did something that others were just, you know, not, not thinking that they could do anything else or just seem like that's the route that you're supposed to do. So I've always, like I said, most people don't think outside of, of trying to be, you know, an individual sometimes. Um, and that's not necessarily always a negative thing. And it's almost what you've always said, you know, it's easier to be than to become. It falls right in line with that. It's easier just to kind of like do or, you know, walk up like your, your example, I keep telling because it was a great example, like the stairs. It's easier just to kind of go in there. But most people don't want to just think of the alternative. We can go do this way. Or we can go this way. Um, so to me, I've just been that person. I don't know um, how it's just kind of evolved in me. My, you know, it's just my, my dad's always been one that's been very creative to do what anything he wants. He's built several houses on his own. He's just kind of like that creative kind of like tinkering guy. Um, I'll never build my own house or build a car or build an airplane like he did. But my my road is to kind of, be independent of what maybe the group fake might be. Yeah, and I mean, it certainly it has served you well. So being unique, and you had referenced the word quirky, but doing what most people are not doing, and it must make you feel a certain way. And, and you, you've you heard me talk about 
there's benefits in doing certain things and then there's consequences to not doing certain things. When you are able to, and I know you give of your time and you help a lot of people, how does it make you feel? And let's go back to the simple signature line. How does it make you feel when you are being recognized by doing what other people are not doing? How does it make you feel? It makes me feel very proud of where I have come, mm-hmm. you know, at a point in, in your life, right? You've achieved, <laughs> you've achieved a, uh, a level that you kind of, uh, you said expectations are set for yourself. Uh, others have expectations of how you will be because of what you've done in previous. So it sometimes is, uh, I don't know, enlightening to try to maintain a certain level of, of success and and thought, you know, thought provoking things to others and and uh, trying to kind of like keep on top of your game all the time. Because I just feel that it just makes me feel very happy and proud and of, of you know what I've been able to do to kind of make a difference. Yeah, and what I'm sensing is there's an, a sense of being content with who you mm-hmm. are. But what's neat mm-hmm. about you also is that you continue to challenge yourself to grow and you're also mm-hmm. challenging yourself to maintain that James Eggman brand. That if there are expectations that others have of you because you've been a certain way or you do a certain thing, that there's that little internal drive of, you know what, you don't want to let other people down. And yes, while you do things exceptionally well, it makes you feel good, but you're also really trying to make sure that you continue to do nice things for others. And that's, that's rather special, right. that's rather unique, James. So I'm proud to know you. All right, ready for a couple more questions, ready? Sure, I'm ready. The uh, lightning round? Yes, light, well, almost the lightning round. <laughs> Recently, I've been sharing with other organizations when I'm presenting, we talk about the should do's. So we go through the, the want to do's, which are things that we all want to do. I wanna learn a second language, I wanna travel more, I wanna go on a vacation, things that are being initiated by our own decisions. Then we compare it to the need to do's. These are the things that, and I think you had shared this example, you need to obey the law. You need to pay taxes. If you're part of a bigger organization, you need to, you know, show up and attend meetings and contribute and get your results. Well, then there's that spot of should do's. And these are things that you all know. We all know that we should do certain things, whether it's in life, personally, or whether it is professionally in our career, there are certain things that we know we should do, but perhaps don't necessarily get to them until something happens. Can you think of any should do's that would automatically come to mind in things that you are working to get those should do's done? And I know this is a very high gain question. I've not pre-populated this question with you. I really wanted just to go top of mind. What are the things that you know you should do that you currently are working on to get done? Uh, you know, it's that's a great question, and and uh, my my recent scare with the COVID really has shaped my should dos yes. <laughs> into more you know urgent dos uh, because of that. Uh, not to ever take that lightly, but. You know, when it comes to your personal health and well-being, 
And I think a lot of that uh, drive for somebody on the should do's um, is the support that you have around you. I think if you can surround yourself with the like-minded people that kind of maybe share some of those should do's, um, there are some that are unique to a person, but then there are some shared ones. Uh, and the outcomes are different for everybody. But to surround yourself with people that kind of can help each other out uh, emotionally, kind of like that attaboy kind of attitude, um, I think is important. I have some friends and they are completely into these crazy diets that are the, we're going to fast for a day and then we're going to only eat this. I'm not on their program per se, but I try to mirror myself uh, to kind of do what they're doing because I, it, it's going to help me. Uh, so, you know, if they try to eat one major meal a day and then eat light in the evening, uh, I try to do the same thing because I think in the end, just it's a like-minded kind of effort that, you know, you can have uh, a shared uh, end result with others on some of the should do's that you just need people to kind of help motivate you. Yeah. No, and you know, I was not expecting that answer, but I love that answer. And it also even ties in, think about our time together, James, with Ritz Carlton. What would we have? What kind of meeting every single morning? In the lineup, stand up. Yeah, yeah stand up and line up. And I know your your work with Ritz Carlton Leadership Center, you would kind of share that philosophy. So before I tell you what the link is, but can you share just a little bit for the listeners that maybe don't know what a a lineup is or a stand up is? Mm -hmm. Yep, I'll go right quickly through that. It's a, I have a passion for it. Uh, in Ritz-Carlton, when we have our uh, the Ritz-Carlton service values and uh, you know our motto, our credo, our employee promise, there uh, we cover them every day across the brand. So the alignment of the Ritz-Carlton starts their day, no matter where you are in the world. Everybody is in alignment and lockstep on the same page every single day. So service value number one that they're going to cover in Denver is the same service value number one that they're going to cover at the Ritz-Carlton in Shanghai. So the alignment of the organization and the shared goals and, and front of mind of what it is to be in that brand is a shared experience. And every day a lineup occurs. Some departments, the lineup is first thing in the morning. Others, it's you know every shift change. Uh, some of them are in the afternoon, overnight. But the important takeaway is that Everybody in the organization understands uh, the goals and the direction and company updates and all kinds of other than local information. But it's important uh, to start that fresh every day. And it, the, the, the Ritz-Carlton um, card of, you know, we go over the service values and all that. It rotates every uh, 17, you know, days around. And it just keeps 365 days a year, every day. Sometimes the lineup is two people. And sometimes it's 20, depending on the department. Yeah, and brilliantly described, James. And the reason why I wanted you to describe it, because I knew you would be able to explain it much better than I could. But when I asked you about the things that you know you should do and how you could move it to the gut it done category, your response was you would surround yourself with other like-minded individuals that could help motivate you, encourage, and propel you to get it done. So whether it was from mm -hmm. a, health, a, a healthy eating perspective a diet regimen, a workout exercise program, or providing exceptional customer service, you continue to surround yourself with like-minded individuals that can help encourage you, support you, and drive you to get things done. So it's just really interesting that that parallel between line up and True. between 
right? The friends that you are integrated with, um, even the projects that you know you and I and others are working on today, there's a lot of alignment. We believe in excellent customer service. We believe in treating each other kindly and fairly. We believe in teamwork. We believe in supporting one another. So it's just really cool how we can continue to grow based on our experiences. Last question I have, and uh, this is a, a minimal quick fire round, is what would you tell your future self? We've just been going through you know, a very difficult, challenging time with the pandemic. Um, I'm so glad that you are healthy and happy and were able to you know, fight off against uh, the, the COVID, um, the COVID mm -hmm. virus. So certainly glad that you're here right now. And we don't always think that it takes a near-death experience or illness to change the way that we think, but perhaps sometimes it does, and maybe that's okay. But what would you tell your future self? What would you want to say, this is what I was able to learn from this recent experience with a pandemic, and what would you want to tell your future self? So imagine you write yourself a note on a postcard right now, and it, you send it to me, and I'm going to mail it to you in one year. What would you want to tell yourself? Hmm, that's a great question. Uh, and I enjoy it because a lot of times the question is, you know, if you had to go back, what would you tell your previous self? <laughs> so I like this one is what would you tell your future self? I would think I would have to tell my future self that in the here and now, uh, you did everything you can to, to get through and come out on the other side even better than you were before um, and stay the course. You're going to, you've contributed so much to, to what is our industry, if you will, our, our hospitality industry. And uh, you have everything to be proud of and uh, made great gains and um, can rest assured that uh, you will be thought of as somebody who uh, made a difference to people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, and that's so very, very true, James, with all of your industry friends and colleagues and, you know, associates just in general, you certainly have made a big, big difference. And um, as you were just explaining the thought process of what would you tell your future self? Yes. That you should be proud of what you've been able to accomplish, right? You, you've, you've, you are continuing to create, such a positive image and legacy for James Eggman, which is just outstanding. Just this morning, we were changing air filters in our house. And so my mm -hmm. son and I were going around, my wife was asking us, hey, look, this air filter, this air filter, this air filter. And you know, you can write, there's an area on the air filter that you can write the date that you need to change it. Well, the funny thing is, historically, I would always write, okay, I need to change it. Today's March you know, 12th, 2021. I need to change it June 12th, 2021. And I would usually write a little message to myself about what did you learn? What did you accomplish? Right? Hmm. Write your mm -hmm. second book. Um, did you make you know, X number of keynote presentations between now and then? And it's just an interesting way of thinking about it. So this morning, my wife knows obviously yeah. that I've been doing that for quite some time because she might change the air filter before I do. And she's just like, well, what if I didn't write a third book? So she was encouraged <laughs> to write something on it. He has goals and aspirations to finish his, um, his college degree overseas. So I think she was encouraging him to write, you know, 
um, you know, did you get accepted to this school over in Czechoslovakia as an example or something like that, right? In, in Europe, did you get accepted? So uh, I think that's kind of a fun reminder. Um, James, last- I love that. Yeah, just kind of something different, right? We need to think about what would we tell our future self and that allows us to kind of stay on track with our goals. Um, last question, James, and again, I appreciate the time. Is there, um, two, I guess two questions. Is there a resource, a tool, or an app that you use that helps you live your life better, do your job better, that you would recommend? You know, I still think you can't go wrong with with the LinkedIn tool, um, and and you know it's it's huge, and but I think that the content that that platform supports. Uh, other people's stories and the articles and the things that people share, the stuff that you share on there, uh, that keeps people sharp, no matter what their industry is. Now, I'm exposed to a lot of the card articles that are on there that are pertinent really because of you know my circle of people that are in my business. But I'm sure that people that are on the LinkedIn that are in the, you know, the energy sector or the you know, telecommunication sector, whatever their circle of LinkedIn um, folks are, uh, are seeing articles and things that are pertinent to what they do. So I think if, you know, there's so many things that are out there, maybe that are smaller or content uh, is still being developed. But for me, it still is the, you know, granddaddy of them all. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So uh, I think that it's, it keeps itself pretty centered on, on the content that is pushed to the, to the viewers. And, and um, most of it is always positive. So um, I think it's an amazing resource that, that, um, for some, it's underutilized, and for others, let's just say it can be overutilized. Yes. Um, but uh, it, in the right hands with the right people that are using it, I think it's a great tool. No, outstanding. Well, James, again, wanted to thank you for your time. Congratulations on all of your success. And speaking of LinkedIn, if people would like to connect with James, J-A-M-E-S, Eggman is his last name, E-G-G-I-M-A-N-N. And I would regard you not necessarily as a luxury hotelier extraordinaire, but a sales person, genuine, kind gentleman extraordinaire. Continue what you're doing. Thrilled to be able to, to talk to you about what most people don't do. But James, you certainly do. Keep it, keep it up, keep it going, and continued health and uh, happiness and success. No, thank you, Bart. Thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity.